Welcome to Give Social, a show about helping you improve through inspiration. Each week we discuss things that make your heart sing through stories, interviews and debate. Every day, normal people do amazing things in business, charity or through self-improvement. And we are here to celebrate them. My name's Rob. And I'm Jen. So if you're looking for authentic, down-to-earth and practical help to build a better life, then we welcome you to the show. And just to make sure you never miss an episode or one of our bonus podcasts that we might sneak in from time to time, don't forget to subscribe through your preferred podcast provider. It's easy and more importantly, it's free. Now, let's get on with today's show. Okay, so today we are here talking about weddings in particular. We're very, very lucky in that um, myself and Jenna, we've been married now. You, you go for it. You you say the number, Rob, because you should know. I'm, it's easy. It's an easy one. It is an easy one. I must admit. I'm going to say 10. Correct, Mundo. Yes. Well done. 10 years since we got married. And this show actually goes out exactly 10 years, almost the day that mm. we got married. Yes. Um, it was a fantastic day. Yeah. I know people always say their weddings are amazing, but ours actually was. Yes. We get to claim the best wedding we of 2010. Yes, I think so. In fact, if you believe YouTube, then it was the best wedding of I 2010. I think it was, and we'll come on to that, won't we? We will, we will. Detail. But we are here today to celebrate someone who's dedicated their life to doing what they love, and that is weddings and events. We're also here to give you some advice about anybody who wants to start their own business within the wedding industry, because it is a big industry. There's so many different things that you can do but also advice and tips to those who are getting married soon, because one of the big things, as we know, COVID-19 has had a huge impact on weddings in 2020. So we're just going to have a conversation about what that looks like and really try and figure out between us what the impact of that might be in the future. So what I want to do, first of all, is I want to talk about Robin and Beth. So I want to welcome Robin and Beth to the show. Welcome to the show, Robin. Hi, thanks for having us. And how are you, Beth? Great, thank you. Thank you very much for having us. Um, Now, Robin and Beth, well, run a company called DFC. Uh, DFC look after the entertainment needs of over 1,200 weddings a year. Now, I'm sure we're going to hear a very different story this year. And they are the UK's leading DJ and hosting company. Started back in 2009, and they don't just do weddings, they make them as well. Um, because they make memories, they calm nerves, they create a fully personalised experience for bride and grooms to treasure forever. So from things like bespoke playlists, industry-leading DJs, specially selected artists, black tie hosts, there's nothing that Robin and Beth can't deliver for your wedding entertainment needs. And DFC want to get your guests on the dance floor, but not only that, they want to keep them there, because that's the best thing about a wedding. And they call it the full DFC experience. Robin, tell us about you. Tell us about DFC. Tell us a little bit about how you came into working and running DFC. And tell us about your team. It's, well, the team is the business, if I'm honest with you. We started back in 2009, uh, myself and a guy called Mark Walsh, which was, uh, which was great. And we started off the first year, we did 80 weddings. Second year, we did the, we did the math before, didn't we? Yeah. We did 80 weddings first year, 200, 300, 400, and 2020 would have been our biggest year with a record 11, 1200 weddings. Mm. Um, the business started off, Mark and Rob, two likely lads, and literally the, the success of it was um, simply very much along the lines of uh, we, we just had a passion for weddings. We mm. had a passion. We had a belief that weddings could be better not just sort of Discord Dave, sorry if there's a Discord Dave out there, <laughs> but not just a Discord Dave. 
We've all seen Disco Days. Yes, we've got one we in have. the family, haven't we? <laughs> in fact, yes. Sorry, sorry, fact, Dave. Yes. <laughs> My brother Dave, he was a DJ or has been a DJ in a past life. So yeah, he was Disco Dave. But yeah, definitely, I, I think we've all experienced those. But I remember you, Robin. I'm, I'm going to reveal something here. When I was 16, 17, just being allowed into bars and pubs, and, and very often you were there spinning the discs, is that what they say? I, I was there illegally, yes. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to say I look quite young for 39, um, but I, if you can, obviously people can't see me now, but uh, at 18, I looked about 14. So it was a great blag, and thanks to the people at the NUS at Runshaw College for getting me that... 18-year-old pass. But yeah, basically, I started off in a bar and uh, started off on vinyl. From vinyl, I started doing people's parties. Went away to Australia, came back, and my mother, God lover, called this agent up in uh, Cheshire and said, hi, my son's a DJ, can he come and do weddings? So 23-year-old lad, started doing weddings, still looked about 18 then, started doing these weddings, but the money doing weddings was so much better than doing bars. So I pretty much started working with this agent I started booking his DJs for him, got poached by another agency, started booking their DJs for them. And I got to a point of, and it's a story I tell all the time, and Beth is sick of hearing the story. I (laughs) used to be the DJ manager. On a Monday morning, I would call the venues. The venues would say, DJ at the weekend was absolutely brilliant, but the DJ that he sent the week before had a load of lights. Can you send the DJ from the weekend just gone with the DJs from the weekend before with his lights? So I was like, (laughs) there has to be a better solution here. And and our solution was we need to create a brand. So venues and clients knew what they were getting. They were going to get a black tie host. They were going to get this set up. They were going to get this playlist played. And literally that's where the whole, the DFC experience came from because it's 50% what the DJ does on the night and it's 50% what Beth and the team do at DFC before the actual evening. So we're going to go into um, Beth in a moment, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about what you do as part of the team, but just around some of the things you said there, you learned your craft through the years, and you you probably made and saw all the mistakes that your typical DJ Dave's makes, and then you decided that actually what you were going to do, provide some consistency, and no matter who they booked, if they booked it through you, they got the same experience every time. That's brilliant that you've picked up on that. Yeah, absolutely. And the the goal was always sort of 10 years ago was to create this brand, this brand of turn up in same van, not white transit van, back of a Fiesta. So turn up in a branded vehicle, turn up in branded clothing, announce yourself to the venue manager. Hi, I'm here from DFC. Where am I setting up? Da, 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 da. They'd set up the same. They would cut the cake the same. They would announce the first dance the same. They would basically not talk all night on the microphone. We run the DJ side of the business now off what's called a code of conduct. So all the DJs sign up to a code of conduct, and that's everything from day one with DFC to to actually finishing and doing a wedding. Because uh, a DFC wedding is very much as soon as the client books, we're in touch with them. They can start planning their wedding with us a week before. We then contact them. The DJ contacts them on the evening. And then the experience finishes with us on the Monday morning when we send an email evaluation and we ask for their feedback. So Beth, this is where you come in, I think, because listening to what Robin says there, I imagine there are people listening now who have experienced a wedding in the last few years or even in the last 10, 15 years who are thinking, I definitely didn't have that contact and that experience with a company, especially with a DJ when I got married. I rang a guy six months before I got married. I didn't hear anything. 
And then, as you said, someone turned up in a Fiesta, started unloading some kit, did his bit, took my money in cash, and then left. So, Beth, tell us about what your role is in the company and how you support bride and groom. Yeah, so um, with myself, I'm the general manager um, at DFC. Um, so my background is I actually graduated into um, tourism and event management in 2014. Um, and I've worked at lots of different companies doing different events, um, such as Ruby Hall Village, Stanley House, D&D London at 20 Stories and in the Cheshire market. So when I touch base with DFC, which I've uh, nearly worked with them a year now, it'll be my uh, year anniversary. So congratulations, congratulations. to me. <laughs> congratulations indeed, you made it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when I first um, met DFC, it was actually um, an offering to clients and offering them something um, in terms of different services, something different from um, you know, just your average sort of DJ. We wanted to offer something to our clients that were more of a customer service role, which leads me to bring on what we actually do um, during the planning stage. So when a client actually books with us, we always make sure that they get a welcome from us and get to know a little bit more about ourselves. But we're always there throughout the planning stage. We know that um, there's lots of highs and lows of planning a wedding, and I'm sure Rob and Jen will know all about that. And um, so we're there to support them throughout the whole entire planning stage, whether that may be six months to 18 months, who knows? But we're there throughout just to help them along with all the questions. Jen, how thinking back 10 years mm. when we got married, how did you find the planning of the wedding? I remember it fondly. Of course you do. You didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, your job was to sort yourself out. So you decide what you want to wear, what you want your groomsmen to wear, who you want them to be. And then me and my Team. squad. Squad we, goals. Um, squad, squad goals. goals. That's I don't think thing, I've ever said it? that. I'm too old for that. <laughs> I think I'm past squad goals. Anyway, me and my family and friends, we did the rest, I think. Yeah. I think How offended are you at that? <laughs> I'm, I'm not very offended, to be fair. No. I, I, did, I did book the surprise entertainment. You, you did? I did. Do you know what, though? I have to say, Rob does come up trumps pretty much. Whenever he possibly can, you, you do pull something out of the bag. And are we, are we talking about who this, what the surprise guest we can, who was? We can, yeah, we can say that, I think. I, I, this is completely unscripted. It is. We um, weren't talking about this, but we will. <laughs> so... When we met, we went on holiday. Well, my nana and granddad had a place yes. in Tenerife and yes. we used to go jump Regular. on a plane and just spend a few days or a week or two there. I think we spent three days there once just because we had a three-day We day did, gap. but then we just sulked at the airport all the way home because it wasn't long enough, but anyway. <laughs> Took us a day to get there. We had a day there and then a day to get home. Um, but yeah, we used to go to Tenerife. We used to really enjoy the time we spent there. And, yes. And we'd only, just, we'd only just met at the first time that we went. And we went into a little Irish bar. Mm -hmm. People don't know by now, our surname is Flanagan, traditional mm -hmm. Irish family. And we went to a little bar and in that bar, there was somebody singing. There and was. He was called Liam. Big shout out to Liam. Yeah. Still friends with him now. We are. Uh, and he's still in the same bar. So if you go near he the is. Irish fiddler in Tenerife. He's a bit of a legend. He is a legend. Um, I think this guy does six nights a week. Yeah, I think so. Singing every night from 9 a, nine p.m. till, I know they said 9 a.m. till midnight, but 9 p.m. <laughs> till midnight. Yeah. Um, and we sat there and we loved it, didn't we? We, Absolutely, we, we had yeah. a cracking Brilliant. night. I told you that I'd booked a band. Yeah. You thought it was my mate's band and all the speeches had finished. They were getting ready for the evening. And I said, well, somebody tapped me on the shoulder. 
Yes. I got up, we'd finish the meal and we're kind of getting up, just do a bit more mingling before evening guests are arriving. And then somebody tapped me on the shoulder. I was almost a bit put out. I was almost like, oh God, who wants me now? And I turned around and I went, hey, Liam. I'm like, hang on a minute, double take. Oh, like, how are you even here? You don't even live in this country. What's happened? How has this happened? And there you were beaming behind him going, I did it. I brought him. He's here. Grinning like a Cheshire cat because the time and the effort of actually getting him there on time, even though he only landed. Literally half an hour before he turned up at the venue, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Well done, Really good. Amazing. But yeah, but I think in terms of the organising, one of the one of the most stressful things, and I think this comes from what you were saying, Beth, and the, the big thing about what you do is what I wished I'd have had actually at the time was there are so many little things that are dead stressful that you don't think about. So things like the table plan and the seating. So while I was worrying about that, if I'd have known that the DJ and everything else had been taken care of, that would have, you know, completely let me worry about that more <laughs> rather than having to worry about everything. And I think that's what's, you know, one of the really, really unique things about what you do is, is that service and what, because it can just let you stop worrying about one thing and just focus on some other things that you might need to, you know, you might need to deal with. But overall, it went very well. It did. We got we got there in the end. And I think it would, like you say, it would have been great to have somebody handle all of that for us as uh, Robin and Beth through, through DFC. So Robin, can you give me some examples of wedding entertainment ideas that really work? You must have seen so many. Our first question to, to, to people many, many years ago, probably when you got married, was, hi, what do you want? Uh, and the answer, and that, that's a brilliant answer because it is about you guys uh, or, or the couple who is getting married. But the question is now is, yes, what do you guys want? But are you going to dance all night? If the answer is no, we need to contemplate what the guests are going to be there, what your family like. So we always try to, to, to go down that line. Yes, what do you like? But what do your cl- what your what your client what your guests like as well? And you know th- they may want a band. That's absolutely fine. They may know about sax. That that's massive for us. I mean, sax and percussion. We've also got a new band. It's called DFC Live, which is our twist on uh, a house band. So bands would normally do two forty five minute sets. Our DFC Live band will do a five hour set for you. So you have your own band as well? Yes. So as part of this offering, when you say sax, you're talking saxophone? Yep. I think the thing is, is letting clients know what's actually readily available to them. The business has evolved massively over years. We started doing dance floors. We did dance floors for five years. We then had a rebrand five years ago, and the rebrand was wedding hosts, artists, and DJs. Moving into 21, we're rebranding slightly again, and we're going from ceremony to last dance. So it's just letting people know um, what is available to them. Beth and I were chatting before and uh, they basically we were chatting about, do you actually need a DJ? And the answer is sometimes no. Um, we're, we're part of some fabulous venues from the Lake District all the way down to Cheshire. And we're, sometimes we're including the package and sometimes clients book us uh, privately, which both are absolutely brilliant for us. But sometimes a client might only have 20 guests. They might have this really intimate wedding. But the go-to is, hi, we need a DJ. The answer is no, you don't actually need a DJ. Yes, you can have a DJ if you want to party and get on the, you know, but you might, what might be better for you is a singer or an acoustic artist or a sax player playing outside on the lawn. There are so many different things that you can do with weddings now. It's just letting people know ideas to chat with them. A big one for us for the last five years is taking your first dance out onto the lawn. Are you getting married in summer? Yes. Right. Well, I know it says that you, your your first dance at eight o'clock, but it's a beautiful night. 
I mean, you won't look, you won't think it now. Not that people can see out the window, but it's a, it's a wintry night in in August. But you know, it's letting people have different options. We've done a first dance where they've basically walked into their meal, they've done the first dance, and then they've done the speeches, and everyone's gone. Oh, we can relax now. Yeah. It's giving people the options and actually finding out what their needs are. Yeah. That's what's key to us. So this might be a bit of a how long's a piece of string question, but how long does it take? to plan a wedding from your perspective what do you is there a an optimal time or is it just whatever that you know people need you to do go well, get them bethy you tell them you tell them <laughs> it really does vary um for ourselves we always say you know six months to 24 months you can do it but you know we do have those clients that really enjoy the long engagement and planning of it something at dfc that we do always like to get to know our clients really and start to understand what they want and their needs because that way the more we know about the client we can help them more along the way and as Robin did mention you know DJ might not be for everybody it might be something a little bit different but from experience um, we don't we always like to recommend not to have any lulls in weddings and keep everyone entertained not just Mm. by entertainment Mm -hmm. but we want everyone to enjoy the wedding as much as you do. I remember when we got married, we, what time did we go to bed? I don't think we did. We went to it bed might be half five. Half five in the morning. We Ridiculous. didn't get much sleep at all, but we were up. We, we had something all the time, which was great. Yeah. Um, helped having the entertainment there. As yeah. Robin has said, sometimes you just don't need a DJ. Fortunately, I come from a musical family, mm. um, which we'll go into shortly, actually, but we have a musical family. So we all sat up once the entertainment finished in the bar, yeah. playing guitars. As Beth has said there, it's keeping that momentum through the day, mm. isn't it? Keeping something going. And we had different feelings throughout the day. So my granddad, bless him, not with us now, um, but he played, he's a jazz musician. He played saxophone for us in the church, um, which was just beautiful. And everybody just loved it. And then bless him, he hot-footed it over to the venue. So that by the time the guests were arriving at the venue, he was already playing in the reception area so that people were welcomed into the venue with sort of a similar theme, the music. And then it just kind of evolved throughout the night, didn't it really? And then, like I say, it just ended up with whoever had an instrument nearby making a noise. And when I <laughs> and when I say we're lucky, you've just hit upon something that I've not really thought about until mm. now is, and you must have come across these, Robin uh, and Beth, is when somebody gets married and, and they say, Oh, no, we don't need a singer because my cousin's singing. Oh, <laughs> yes, we do get that. Yes. Or, oh, oh, no, is it all right if halfway through the night my... My best friend gets up and does best a friend gets up and does a song because she's always wanted to sing. We all get that. Do you know what? And, and to be honest, um, we, we, you know, we do our best to, um, to, to keep clients happy. Yes. So at the end of the day, it, it is their wedding, mm. but we just tried to guide them in the sense of if sort of Nana wants to sing a song from sort of the Titanic film at 10.30, maybe that would have been better before we do the first dance or something yeah. along the lines of that. But I'll tell you a massive thing that we've we've done for the last two, three years, bride or groom DJ and, and literally 10 of their favourite tracks. Our DJ stays with them. We announce it. We've got a guest DJ oh. on. Bride and groom, the pictures are immense that they actually actually get from it. In fact, on our Instagram, our instant quick plug, DFC Lancashire, if you, uh, you know, on our Instagram and things like that, we put uh, a picture we did. It was our 10th year party last year at the beautiful Mitten Hall. And we had uh, a bride there, headphones on, and the picture is immense. It's brilliant. Brilliant. So I'm going to ask you the really awkward question. Yes. (laughs) 
if I was ringing you up tomorrow. Yes. How much does a wedding DJ cost, Robin? Of course you can quote for it. I mean, our, our, our question is, you know, our first sort of answer back to that is, you know, whereabouts are you getting married? Okay. Tell us about your wedding. You know, tell us what you actually want, what you don't want. Are we the right company for you? There, there are other companies doing what we do. This is probably a bad businessman side of me, but if we're not the right company for you, I would prefer them to book with someone else. We're five out of five on Facebook and have been for five years now. Yeah. And it's tough to keep that with the reviews coming in. We will say, if we're not the right company for you, no, 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 no. You do get a variety of quality and a variety of prices. More and more business, not just in the wedding industry now. We see it with people that we work with, particularly those who are um, doing consultancy work. Price in which somebody pays now is more about the value in which you bring to them. Mm. And no more so than at a wedding. Is that value so, so important? Yeah. And that's, I think that's a thing with anything really, actually, what's more important. And I think people value more nowadays is that connection with the people they're working with. And almost as, as they work through things, that then becomes the deciding factor actually, doesn't it? So what you said there is actually, do, do we get on? Do you want us to help you put things together? Is absolutely, I think. And it's, it's the way that we've done things, you know, it's, it's about building a rapport with people and making that entire experience. And like Rob said, weddings are something that stand out on their own because that is such a milestone event in your life. And it's so significant and people invest so much in it as, as an event that it's really important that you work with somebody who can make your day easier, who can make things flow for you, who you trust to get things done rather than the opposite of, you know, you're worrying all day about, are they going to turn up on time? Are they going to do this? That, that is brilliant. And to be honest, that's one of the reasons why we set up Wedding Hosts by DFC. Mm-hmm. Um, for simply, um, I, I used to turn up at weddings 10, 12 years ago and I'd turn up at six o'clock in the evening and they, it was, they were having a right party. Some nights I'd turn up really subdued and quiet. And I was like, I don't, I, there must be another solution to this. So we added on what's called Wedding Hosts. And a wedding host will be with you all the way through your wedding breakfast and through to the evening time. Because you might have had a really emotional meal. You might have had a right party meal. And the idea behind the wedding host uh, by DFC is the fact that you, you're part, you're a small part of the wedding. And then at the evening time, you know the vibe of the wedding. You know whether at seven o'clock your first track needs to be House of Pain or it needs <laughs> to be Bill Withers' Lovely Day. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the two ends of the spectrum. And there's everything else in between. And so these hosts are, I suppose, a development of your master of ceremonies, your traditional, I remember, I think we had one at our wedding, the traditional man usually dressed in a red coat, white gloves. We, we first branded it seven years ago as the modern day Toastmaster. And quick funny story. um, I wrote an article, this must be six, seven years ago. And it was called, if red isn't your color. Now, this article went out in County Bride magazine, 30,000 copies. And I got a phone call off a really good friend of mine, um, George, who's now very high up in the, the, the Guild of Toastmasters. He said, hi, Robin, I believe you've written an article. He said, I think it's absolutely fabulous, but the Toastmasters are kicking off about it. I was like, all right, okay. Um, and basically it was nothing to do with slating them at all. It was just, a, if you don't want that mass formality and yes. sort of the... Ladies and gentlemen, if, yeah. if you kind of want a less formal black tie host that's going to be part of your day, and what Toastmasters don't do is they don't DJ at nighttime. They leave you at the either at the end of the meal or sort of after your first dance. It was literally, if red isn't your colour, a black tie host that will be with you all day, 
might be the right reason for you. So yeah, well, I mean, we're great. It's taken us, it's taken us 10 years to get people knowing what hosting is. People thought it was DJing through a meal. And I remember the first job I ever did 11 or 12 years ago, park hall. And literally I went the bride and groom and press play on Bublé. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And that was my job role. There's yeah. nothing wrong with Bublé. There's nothing Robin. wrong with Bublé at all. No. So uh, all. we're really, really lucky. It's taken, it's definitely taken us 10 years to get to where we are. We've now got a team of eight hosts that work for us week in, week out, and we're expanding and Definitely by 21, there'll be 12, yes. <laughs> and, and we're going to move on to COVID-19 soon. But yeah. what I want to just finish on around that whole wedding day itself. And is, also, I think the, the thing here is that it's about you making your own wedding day yes. as well. So people do things and put their own stamp on it. Yeah, so we had something that very much put a stamp on our wedding, didn't that we? That we didn't know and, about. And actually, my advice would be, if you ever want to make a bit of money after your wedding and you're um, a bit overspent, then it may be if something funny happened at your wedding, you might want to put it on YouTube. We had the best man speech of all best man speeches, I think, at our wedding. We did. Uh, and and I do not say that lightly whatsoever. No. Dave, who we mentioned before, my brother, mm-hmm. uh, was going to do a best man speech. And he did a fantastic best man speech. He did. And completely by surprise, we, we're going to share this video. We'll, we'll put it on the link. We'll put it on the, the article. Uh, but this was something that completely took us by surprise. And I'm not going to ruin it. I'm going to make people watch it. Yeah. So you've got to click the link. You've got to watch it. It will be there on YouTube. However, what I will tell you is that when we originally posted this video, mm-hmm. we received over six and a half million views. It was absolutely amazing. We didn't expect it. Not, not we, at all, we, no. we put this up there in 2011, a year after we got married, yeah. for family and friends, when we finally got that DVD through of the wedding. Yes. So that we could share that moment with family and friends. Yeah. And it just went wild. It really it? did, yeah. Um, to the point where we got recognised in Debenhams one we day. We did. Which was so we bizarre. Did. We went shopping and somebody came up and tapped us on the shoulder and said, are you that couple from the best man speech? Yes. We both looked at each other and were like, um, yes. I think so. It was hilarious. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. Okay, thanks. Enjoy your shopping. Bye. So, yeah. So make sure you check that out. But I wanted to talk about best man speeches. And um, there are so many things. I'm sure you've seen lots of best man speech examples. Oh, massively. I actually worked out. I think I've actually personally been to over 1,500 weddings. And as a business, we've done over 5,000 now. So we are all right on giving advice on best man's pitches. <laughs> that does qualify. But I will you, give you I guys think. a compliment. Go, you know, go back to 2010. I think you guys were actually one of the first uh, people to actually show a, a funny best man's speech. Yes. Mm. It, it, and I think, I, I don't know if I can give you the exact credit for it, but I know a lot of people have done a twist on that. Yes, they have. Moving on since, um, I, you know, and... I, Please ask me the question about best man's speeches. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're right. There are lots of people who copied what happened to yeah. us, but we can actually claim that ours was the original, which was great. So if there's anybody out there now who's sat there wondering how to write a best man's speech, what advice as a wedding expert that you are, Robin, give to somebody who wants to write a best man's speech? Do you know what? We ummed and ahed about this question before and thought how much detail to go into. And I've personally been a best man, which was a, a brilliant honour. And that was about 11 years ago. And I'm going to be honest, I got it wrong. <laughs> I got it wrong. I tried oh, to man. use the internet. 
um, I tried to be funny. And the best man um, who I was best man for is actually my business partner, who we've not mentioned today, a guy called Adam Bozeman. Adam asked me to be his best man. And I knew there would have been a lot of people at this wedding. So I knew I had to be funny. Do you know what? I didn't have to be funny. I needed to be genuine. I yes. needed to yeah. just tell people what an amazing guy this guy is. The fact that everybody adores him. And I, I should have gone down that route. And I literally used the internet. I used every corny joke that there was trying to be sort of ironic with it. And I tell you what, don't bother. Just literally do it from the heart. If you're a funny person, stick some notes on cue cards. Or equally, if you're more of a nervous person, there are loads of things you could do. Some of the best ones that I've seen probably taken from your guy's wedding where they've, um, they've either asked a singer to do something they have produced something pre-wedding. Yes. And that's brilliant. And, you know, we can, we can definitely help that. We've done that in the, in the past. We've done that with Father of the Bride speeches where we can pre-record something. We can read something out. But I think my one big tip is use the internet for maybe the formalities of what you need to say, but don't use the internet for jokes and just be yourself. I think I can, we can all relate to being at that wedding where the best man stands up and just reels off a load of jokes that you've heard loads of times. Yeah. I remember going to one wedding once and the best man's speech was just over an hour and a half. Oh, I can beat that. I can do an hour and three quarters. And I didn't preempt my toilet stop before the speeches because <laughs> as hosts at DFC, we always host the speeches. So we will announce the, well, the bride or whoever's um, uh, giving the, the bride or the, uh, the, the, the groom away. But yeah, literally an hour and three quarters. That was quite impressive. I think we've got absolutely tons from you there around how weddings can go and some advice about various different bits and pieces. But actually we can't do this episode and avoid COVID-19 and the impact that that has had. And it's, I mean, COVID's having an impact on pretty much every area of our lives. And weddings are just one of those that have been really severely impacted, I think, probably probably more severely than others, actually. Um, and I'm sure we all know people who've had their wedding plans disrupted or put on hold, which for such a huge life event and milestone will have been really, really hard for lots of people. And of course, the industry itself has been particularly hard hit from a business perspective. So we just wanted to really get a bit from you really around how you found the experience of what's been going on and how you've had adapted and responded? Well, firstly, we'd really like to say thank you to our clients, really, because obviously um, with COVID, we haven't done a wedding since uh, the 21st of March. So it's a long time, but we've had a lot of postponements. Um, but all of our clients have been really patient with us. They've been very understanding. So we'd really like to say a huge thank you. We do have one particular client who has a record of five changes. So thank oh, wow. you very much for holding on in there. Literally five postponements. I think she went March to May, oh, May to June, June, oh. to, June to August. Yeah. And yes, well done. That's resilience personified, isn't it? And, and this is the thing though, you, you've probably planned, particularly if you've gone with DFC, planned this for ages mm. and you've got everything in place and everything's ready and you're going to marry the love of your life, hopefully once. And you're going to share that with all of your family and friends and you want to make that the best day of your life. And then along comes this thing and I'm, I'm, I'm nearly on a high horse, but I'm trying not say, to get on it. I where is this going? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling for Good. the people who are getting married yep. here. Yeah. That along comes this pandemic and understandably at the start, they can't get married. 
And then people say they can get married (laughs) and they plan it. And then suddenly, for some people, a couple of weeks ago, the night before, something goes out on Twitter and says, you can't get married in the morning. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had it. We, the, I think the latest we've cancelled a wedding was lunchtime before before wow. the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely crazy times. What I will say is we've used COVID as a very positive time. Mm. We've reevaluated the business. We've had to take a you know a, a hard look at ourselves what what we actually want from the business, and we've defined roles. We've taken on new staff, mm-hmm. and I was talking to a very good friend of mine before um, who owns a beautiful beautiful venue. And I said to her, I said, you know, I, I, I do feel a little bit bad saying we're all right in the sense of, yes, you know, I, I'm gutted. There's been absolutely no weddings, but we've used this time so positively yeah. from doing live streams, from working on the back end of the website to changing the warehouse around from literally aiming to do 15 client meetings a week in our two meeting rooms to now doing 25 meetings a week on Zoom. Yes. Hands up if you had a Zoom quiz. Oh, oh. my goodness. Zoom yes. Zoom has been our absolute saviour. Yeah. And, and and with Zoom, you know, going into 21, 22, having even more contact with clients, yeah. making meetings so much easier. Yeah. And it, it's great because where, you know, most of our business, Lake District, Cheshire, we're talking with people, we, Adam did Australia the other day, we've done yeah. America, mm. and literally people are putting even more faith in us because they can see us with social media marketing. We've just allowed people to let them know that we're alive, we're, we're still going, and we will be with it that way. And do you think that's something you may keep in the future as well? Things like the Zoom virtual meetings? Massively, yeah. Um, Zoom is going to be key for us, whether it is a Zoom or whether it's Skype yeah. or something like that. But with Zoom and and what they've actually done, and you know, you guys are sat here with these fancy mics and everything. To be honest, it's where we're going. Yeah. We're going down the line of giving an amazing client experience because literally we can sit there. It's all branded with DFC on the back of it. Yeah. Our sound quality is absolutely fabulous. We've got all our videos. We have all our videos on Vimeo. This is Vimeo and they click on DFC Lancashire and they can see yeah. all our videos. So we can literally click of a button, click of a button, click of a button, leave them with, hi guys, you know, we really enjoyed that. If you want to come out, you want to go ahead with that booking get back in touch and we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Cause you've put on some brilliant shows over lockdown. live streaming. Yeah. Um, we're up to our sixth one now. Brilliant. Average views, five and a half thousand. We, you know, live streaming has changed our business. Mm-hmm. Cause so many people have done this anyway, haven't they? So artists and famous people and even not so famous local artists have been, we've watched a magic show on Facebook with oh, our son. That was just amazing was because Billy got a it? mention and it yeah. was, it was only something local, but actually it, properly made his night. <laughs> but you've used that opportunity to put kind of mini concerts on to showcase the acts in which you can sell to bride and grooms and, yeah. and showcase and, we, and the venues, some beautiful venues. We were unsure when to do it and we did it pretty much at the time you were allowed out of your house. So we did it socially distanced um, and we did one at Ashfield House, we've done one at Eves Hall, we've done one at Stirk House, one at our warehouse and one at Crow Wood. And we're really, really fortunate. We're now doing a live stream with Kelly Lorena and Mike, who was the DJ for Entrance. Brilliant. Oh, wow. On, on the Saturday night, we're live streaming with Dave Pierce. <laughs> Happy <laughs> days. Yeah, you know, it's brilliant. But what, what we've tried to do with those is it's with the it's with our rebrand. It's no secret. Yeah. The rebrand, you know, from Ceremony to Last Dance. And that's what we've tried to create for our clients. So we've started it ceremony, we've built it up. And then we've ended with a right good party. 
Excellent. Brilliant. Yeah. So live stream has been good, but the, you know, the other thing is we've, we've basically done with the live streams is film them all as well. Perfect. So we filmed them all. They could see the live content, the raw content, and then we've produced a professional video at the back end of it. So. Brilliant. So you've built a really, you know, successful business within the wedding industry. And one of the things that we talk about, one of the things that we um, discuss with both our guests, but also with um, people that we interact with regularly through our work is building a successful business. And that doesn't have to be something huge, you know, from small acorns and all of that kind of thing. And the wedding, uh, there's so many services within wedding industries um, that you could choose to have an, a stake in, I suppose. And you've chosen entertainment yeah. and singers. And just thinking about that, we probably hired about 10 different companies in our wedding from church flowers, uh, wedding outfits, rings, wedding cars, yeah. DJ, accommodation, the cake. I can go on and on, entertainment and food. You know, the list really is endless. I imagine you meet a lot of people who have really successful side hustles. Yeah. So people who have full-time jobs, but then they also, at a weekend, will be working in the wedding industry because that's majority of when people get married is a Friday, Saturday, or a Sunday. And when you look at all the different areas within a wedding, then it's great to have something that you can offer to somebody in that little area that just provides mm. them with something special. One of the pieces of advice you will hear all the time on Google, YouTube, and any of the entrepreneurs who start talking about this type of thing and building a business for nothing is finding a niche market. Or if you're American, a niche. A niche. Drives me mad. Niche or a niche. niche. You know, you chose the wedding entertainment as your corner of the market. And what I, what I imagine is quite a crowded place as well. So unless you offer something different, unique, and also offer, you know, to prospective brides, grooms, and venues, something that nobody else can. And you've been able to do that, I think, really, really well. I think what people will hear today about the DFC experience is probably something very, very unique. Tell me about before you became DFC. We've talked about your DJing. I want to know, did you have any other jobs? Did you have a full-time job while you were DJing? I've um, always been fortunate enough that I went self-employed at 23 and never went back. The problem was that I came back from Australia and I started doing weddings. And to match that money, it, it was it was much impossible only yeah. because I was keen and I've always been at higher. If there's money to be earned, I'm going to earn it. So mm. I used to do weddings four nights a week. So it was impossible to do something else. You know, you go back 11 years. And literally it was a case of, right, I either need to keep working for this agent or go on my own. Mm -hmm. So I, I met my business partner and that's kind of where we went from it. We were, I suppose we were lucky at the time. And I don't really think there's anyone doing exactly what we do now, where it's massively run under a brand. But, uh, you know, going back then, small little agents sending out the disco Daves of the world. Yeah. So what we, when we went in there and offered this whole brand new, I tell you what, we will look after everything just for the DJ side of it, venues bit our hand off because it was very much a high, you'll look after the first dance. We don't have to ask about songs. Yep. We don't have to ask about music or you'll turn up on time. You'll speak to the clients about their evening. You know, we were like a breath of fresh air for people. Mm. So we were, we were very niche. There are other businesses out there now, but what we've built it on is the brand. What pitfalls and mistakes, if any, it sounds like you've pretty many. much nailed it, but you know, many, what, what, many, what, many. what, you know, what are those things you made along the way? Learning journey. Um, I always, um, believed that staff would never be your issue and staff <laughs> have been our biggest issue. And basically, yep. uh, that, that has probably been the one staff hiring the right staff mm. is absolutely key. 
you know, do your trial, take your time on whether you're going to take them on. If you get a bad feeling. Trust it. Yes, trust it, to be honest with you. Trust your bad feeling. Wish them all the, wish them all the best and just leave it on a handshake of, I don't think you're right for us. Mm. And that's really hard, isn't it? That one of the things going from probably a one or two person business to suddenly having, let's say, six, eight, nine people working. Mm. The, you, you hear a lot about things like looking after your staff, which is so, so important. But when you're in such a small company, you need everybody to be on the game, mm. to be with it, and also to be performing at a certain level. Well, they and- represent your brand in its entirety, don't they? And it's, you know, just bringing back what you said before about being able to go out there and be that brand ambassador and be able, you know, you know, you can trust that person to go out and do everything you've just talked about from start to finish. You, you, you know, you really need to sort of nurture and develop and be able to trust those people, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, the saying, it's an old saying, you're only as, you're only as good as your worst member of staff. Um, and we massively pride ourselves now for the last year, you know, poaching Beth and bringing her on <laughs> was probably um, one of the best things we ever did just yeah. because she's she's a professional you know through and through but her personality is absolutely key to keeping the team you know it's a big old yeah. team now mm. we're, we're we're hopefully going to do a staff party and there'll be over 30 people yeah. and we now know each one of them personally and beth has done a, a sterling job of literally keeping in contact with them because it's basically you're managing people they're all different personalities and you need to deal with them differently and and beth is brilliant at keeping we, we do our best, whether it's prizes, you know, once a month, rewards. We do our best as, like I said, the team is so key to us. It's very much, they need us as much as we need them. Mm-hmm. Who does the firing? Who does the firing? <laughs> what a tricky question, Robin. <laughs> is it Beth or Robin? You weren't expecting that question, were you, Robin? We weren't expecting that. And I'm really thankful that I don't have to answer it anymore. Um <laughs> I've, you know, hand on heart, I, I was, I was never a businessman. This literally was a business that just went from success to success. Yeah. Teaching myself business was not something, something I've had to do. I'd like to say the last year is probably the best year I've ever been in business, mm. but thankfully I don't have to do the hiring. I can do the hiring. The firing now goes to the lady on the right. We haven't had to fire anyone. But it's always good playing the good and the bad cop. Good answer. I'm really lucky. I can play good cop all the time. That's great. <laughs> but sadly, the, the, yeah, I'm the soft touch, you see. Now. I just like everyone to be happy. That's all I want in life. <laughs> and what is the best thing about running your own business then? What an absolutely brilliant. Do you know what? It's a really, really simple answer. And, I, and I'll, I've got, a, uh, there's a guy that's worked for me for four years. Um, he started working for me and he used to work in the pubs. He used to do karaoke in the pubs. And he used to work six nights a week. He was living with his mum. He was up and down with his girlfriend. And when he's, he's now, he's now been with us four years. He literally, he's bought his house. He was due to get married this year. Brilliant. Uh, He's had a little son. And he is like one of my little success stories because he's gone from this drinking every night of the week to being this focused, this, this, this focused, amazing, lovely, lovely person. And that's one of the highlights for me doing like that. Brilliant. Brilliant. So what advice would you give to anyone out there who's looking to set up a wedding business? We'd probably say definitely do something you love. 
Um, obviously, in terms of the wedding industry, they are long hours and it's all important to, you know, if you get the reviews, it's always good to have the rewards behind everything. But new business is great for our business, we'd say. But in terms of advice, we'd always say bring new blood, get an idea that's a bit different and exciting for everybody. Yeah, just be original, like any business. You know, it happens uh, day in, day out. If you're going to do a new business, if you're going to do it, do it better mm-hmm. than the yep. person that's actually do it. Yep. Don't do it cheaper and not as good. Mm-hmm. Just do it better. And I have no problem in the world with that. This Absolutely. Is, this is exactly what I tell Jenna every time she sees me buying a new fancy piece of kit for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we need mm. it. We're going to do it better. We're going to be. Do I'm it sure you're right. Better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that's the point, isn't it? I think everything that we're talking about is it's, it's about passion and believing yes. in what you do and having a purpose. And that is kind of a bit of the linchpin, really, amongst all the different either interviews we've done or topics that we talk about. It's about finding that one thing that, you know, sort of starts that fire in your belly. And, and it's just something that keeps you going and keeps you resilient and keeps you motivated. Mm. And that is then how you do do it better than other people, isn't it? I think. And that's that will is what keeps you going. We're nearly at the end of the show. You've been absolutely brilliant, but I just want to ask you about the other thing we talk to all our guests about is not just their passion for work and not just building their brand and not just being inspiration in their business, but what inspires them in particular. And we find that one of the things that inspire people most are the great causes in which we see every day. And I wanted to ask you about if there's a charity that you would like us to do an article on that we can promote through Give Social, that we can always, always, when we have guests on the show, we say we want to make sure that we connect with both the people that we're talking to, but that we can raise awareness of some of the things that they're really passionate about as well. So tell us about what your passion's for. As a business, we've had two charities, I'm going to say for about eight years now. Okay, Darien House, Massive, mm. massive fan of the work that they, the, those yes. guys. I was very fortunate enough to have a tour around there by a lady called Susie Poppet many, many years ago. And we try and do two or three jobs a year for those. They're, they're brilliant. And the other one is the guide dogs for the blind. As a child, my mum used to train guide dogs. And I think that would genuinely be one of my worst nightmares is losing my sight mm. and knowing the guide dogs and knowing what they actually do to, uh, you know, to get a dog through training, the money that it actually costs uh, and, and what, you know, the, the beautiful centre that they've got up at Atherton, the guide dogs uh, at the minute would probably be my one. I would, you know, love to, to help, even though every charity needs as much help as possible. No, that's absolutely uh, brilliant. People are always very, very passionate about animal charities. And normally these are charities where animals have been abused or they need rehoming. And this is completely different because this is about animals bringing back joy to somebody's life that has maybe in later on in life lost that element of their sight or can't do the things that they used to be able to do, as you say. Big fear of mine as well. Mm. So we'll make sure that we uh, do a link into the Guide Dogs for the Blind. Thank you. And we'll make sure that there's some links in there if you want to donate to that or just learn a little bit more as well. Okay, it's time for us to finish for today. So Robin. Thank you very much, Beth. 
thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you so much. You've been absolutely brilliant. But we will be back next week for another episode and we can't wait for you to join us. But before then, if you haven't already, why not join our Facebook group, Give Social, or head on over to our website, givesocial.co.uk. We've got some special things lined up for subscribers and Facebook followers. We've got giveaways and guides and free tips, so don't miss out. See you all next week for more Give Social. Bye-bye for now.